0: Section 21B Organizational Design Introduction What do you think of when you hear the term organizational design? Do you think of your organizational chart? Most people do, but that is only a portion of your organization's design. Organizational design is the process of selecting a formal system of communication, coordination, controls, authority, and assigned responsibilities necessary to achieve the organization's goals. As leaders, we need to understand how to select appropriate organizational designs that facilitate mission accomplishment. To this end, this reading will address how effective organizational design not only facilitates mission accomplishment, but also enhances productivity of an organization. First, we will discuss factors leaders should consider when designing their organizations, Then we will look at four organizational systems or designs and discuss the organizational factors which determine which design is most appropriate for a given organization. Before we can talk about the different designs, we need to look at what influences or factors affect our design choice. Design factors. There are many factors that influence how we set up our organizations. The first is Organizational Strategy, Goals. Professor of Organizational Behavior Dr. Stephen Robbins states, An organization's strategy is a means to help management achieve its objectives. Since objectives are derived from the organization's overall strategy, it is only logical that strategy and structure should be linked. More specifically, structure should follow strategy. Robbins 569 What Dr. Robbins suggests is we need to identify why we are doing, what we are doing, how we expect to get there, strategy, and then design our organizations to accomplish that strategy. Why does your organization exist? What are your goals? Does your mission require creativity or control? Do you need to be effective or efficient? Answers to these questions give us a starting point in determining which design the organization should use. Nevertheless, we must consider a few other factors. Another design factor is the environment. When we speak of the environment, we are not talking about the climate or the physical environment. We are talking about what outside forces affect the organization's processes. Are we dependent on other organizations or sections to do our jobs? Is the environment constantly in a state of flux? Are we continually changing or do we do the same processes repeatedly? Professor Richard Daft, author of Organizational Theory and Design, calls this the stable-unstable dimension. Quote, An environment's domain is stable if it remains the same over a period of months or years. Under unstable conditions, environmental elements shift abruptly. End quote. Daft, 148. If our routine is unstable, this means the environment is constantly changing, which requires flexibility. If you can set your watch by it, as the cliche goes, then it is stable and allows stricter control. Don't be fooled into thinking that once you identify your environment as stable, it remains that way. It does not. We need to continually scan our environment to identify outside changes that affect our design. Certainly, you can see that the environment helps us determine which design is most appropriate for our organization. Just like goals, the environment works with other factors as well. The third factor to consider is the size of your organization. Early in your career, you learn the term span of control. There are only so many people one person can effectively manage. Once you reach a point where you lose effectiveness, new levels of management must be developed and more structure introduced. Let's assume your whole organization is a five-person shop. How many levels of supervision would you need? Probably one. Now add two more workers. Do supervision levels increase? (laughs) No. How about adding 10, 20, or 100 people? Maybe as the organization grows, so should the level of supervision. There comes a point where your structure becomes so rigid that more workers would require few, if any, additional levels of supervision. The last factor we will discuss is technology. According to Professor Daft, technology refers to the work processes, techniques, machines, and actions used to transform organizational inputs, that's materials, information, ideas, into outputs, that's products and services. Daft 266 We need to look at what resources we use to accomplish our mission to also help determine the best design for our organizations. If we primarily use new equipment with unknown procedures or outcomes, we would need fewer controls and more flexibility than if we use equipment that is old with known procedures and outcomes. In other words, if the equipment you use is old and well-known, more structure could be utilized. If the equipment you use is newer, the outcomes or problems you may encounter require flexibility. These four factors – strategy, environment, size, and technology – all influence how we should design our organization. Let's shift our attention to four organizational systems or designs we can use to improve unit effectiveness. Designs The first design we will discuss is the mechanistic design. Sometimes referred to as the bureaucratic structure, it is vertically structured – Communication is basically up and down rather than lateral. As Dr. Robbins puts it, quote, The mechanistic model is synonymous with the bureaucracy in that it has extensive departmentalization, high formalization, a limited information network, mostly downward communication, and little participation by low-level members in decision-making, end quote. Robbins, 569 Departmentalization means grouping our work tasks by specialty. The more specialized the tasks, the more structure is used. By high formalization, we mean a heavy reliance on rules. Let's look at the mechanistic system in the context of the factors discussed earlier. The mechanistic system lends itself well to an organization where strategy or goals are geared toward efficiency. Tasks need to be accomplished quickly and accurately. An environment which is quite stable requires little flexibility. Therefore, a rigid structure or mechanistic design should be used. If the size of the organization is intermediate to large, more structure is necessary. As discussed earlier, as organizations grow, new levels of supervision must be added to maintain control. Finally, technology is known. What we use to do our jobs is not new. We can predict day to day what will happen and we have procedures to follow to accomplish our tasks. The mechanistic organization is very efficient and responds to decisions rapidly. Because of the vertical communication, procedures flow from top to bottom rather quickly. This is very effective for emergency services that rely on speed. The mechanistic design has disadvantages as well. Because of the reliance on rules, job satisfaction suffers because subordinates basically do as they are told with little to no discussion. Limited discussion also leads to a poor social or human relations environment as well. The organic design is just the opposite of the mechanistic. This design has horizontal specialization rather than vertical. According to Dr. Robbins, the organic system is, quote, flat, uses cross-hierarchical and cross-functional teams, has low formalization, possesses a comprehensive information network utilizing lateral and upward communication as well as downward, and it involves high participation in decision-making. End quote. Robbins, 569. Looking at an organizational chart, you would not see much difference between the mechanistic and the organic design. On the other hand, the interaction within the organization is quite different. The organic organization has extensive cross-communication. There is no clear line drawn for the communication path to follow. As workers need to communicate with others, they do so free of bureaucratic lines. The organic system allows joint decision-making and encourages subordinates to voice their opinions. Looking back at the factors, the organic organization's strategy is geared toward innovativeness and creativity. The computer software industry is a good example of one that requires a creative rather than a restrictive system. The environment is unstable, with change being the norm rather than the exception. Therefore, an organic system is needed. The size should be small to moderate because this type of organization requires loose rules. Technology is fairly new with outcomes that are unknown requiring adaptation rather than compliance. The organic system lends itself well to research and development organizations that are creative rather than restrictive. The strengths of an organic organization lie within communication. The sharing of information and participative environment increase worker satisfaction and often produce well-rounded decisions. Unfortunately, the organic design's communication slows down the implementation process. This slow response leads to low efficiency. In addition, the organic organization's flexibility reduces standards. In other words, if the same task is performed every three months, they may be handled differently each time. There are very few organizations that are purely mechanistic or organic. For this reason, we have another design that incorporates the strengths of both, the diverse design. This design is used when the organization needs the rigid structure of the mechanistic organization for one section and the flexibility of the organic for another. For example, the administrative section has specific rules to follow when processing performance reports, decorations, and orders. For this purpose, they would require a mechanistic system. In the same organization, you may have a section that conducts training. The mechanistic system would hinder the creativity required for such a section, Therefore, an organic system would be more effective. Because the organization uses both mechanistic and organic systems to accomplish the mission, the organizational design is considered diverse. The diverse organization incorporates the best of both designs to accomplish the mission. The last design we will look at is the matrix design. Basically, developing a matrix is teaming workers from different sections or organizations together to solve problems or serve a function. We do this quite often. The disaster preparedness section, mobility section, and process action teams are good examples of a matrix. The distinguishing factor in a matrix is the chain of command. In the matrix design, subordinates have two bosses. They have their functional boss, who writes their performance report and schedules normal duty hours, and the project boss or team leader. The strength of the matrix design lies in the pooling of expertise and resources, and the weaknesses lie in the confusion of who is in charge, the functional or project boss. One note of caution, the matrix is not a design in itself. Basically, the matrix is a design within a design. In other words, an organization designed mechanistically that develops a process-action team to work a project does not become a matrix. Actually, they are a mechanistic organization with a matrix. A matrix is usually short-lived, so the overall organizational structure remains intact. As managers in today's Air Force, your job is to ensure organizations are operating at peak performance. One way of accomplishing that responsibility is to set up organizations effectively. We need to look at our units from the standpoint of our organizational strategy, the environment or an outside influence on our organization, the size of our organization, and the technology or advances in the equipment we use day to day. Once we understand how these factors relate to our organization, we can decide what structure would best accomplish our mission. Is the organization geared toward the rigid mechanistic structure, the flexible organic structure, a combination, the diverse structure, or do we need to use specialized teams to solve a problem, as in the matrix structure? These are decisions made by the effective leader. By designing our organizations properly, we are designing the organization that will capitalize on strengths and minimize weaknesses. As you can see, organizational design goes much further than the organizational chart.